Man, this is cool. I've always wanted to be on a on a podcast. Howdy, y'all. Welcome back to the Boomtown Podcast, podcast where we interview entrepreneurs, community members, activists, anyone in the community with a voice, anyone who has something interesting to say. And I have a very special guest today because this time I've actually brought on my childhood best friend and we're just going to riff. This is the riff episode. Yep. No plans. No like, uh, no agenda. No agenda. Exactly. Is your mic on all the way? It looks like it fell. I just want to make sure. Yeah. I think it's on. Good. Okay. Welcome to the podcast, Harrison. Thanks for having me. This is a nice space. Yep. Uh, you even drove me here, so I feel very much appreciated that I didn't even have to drive. You got like limo. That would be yeah, so sick. Yeah, it's something I might have to get used to. If I could actually like start limo zining people here and like make it like a whole... Like a day of, experience. Yeah, a day experience. Hey, you know? I think you got something going. I think you got something going. You jump on the podcast, you're going to get the, the royal treatment when you come. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, we just got done hanging out with our other friend. Yeah, I got to see Connor Choate today. Um, what I, up, Connor? Hopefully you're watching this. I, uh, I hadn't seen him in a number of years. It was, you know, the two of you uh, were friends before the three of us were friends. Like, yeah. I actually remember the first night that you three, that three of us hung out. Do you remember that night? I feel like it must have been eighth grade for us. Seventh grade for me. It was a fifth quarter dance. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. And you two invited the uh, weird seventh grader uh, to the fifth grade, the, the fifth quarter dance. You were the coolest seventh grader on the basketball team. Well, uh, yeah, I get maybe, <laughs> uh, but the fact of the matter is, you invited me to go to the dance with you two, which was so much cooler. Than if I was going, like if my mom dropped me off, <laughs> my mom dropped me off in her Subaru, it wasn't going to be as cool as if like I rode with Rolling you up with yeah. me and Choke. Well, which is like, did, didn't we go in the minivan? So probably, probably, which is not, I mean, but it was just cooler going with the bros than like, all right, mom, see you at 11. Like it's just that much. It was a like cool. Especially right at that age. Oh, very much so. It's always very about being so. with the boys, showing up with the boys. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because you, you didn't, you didn't, you weren't cool enough to go. With, well, it wasn't cool to go with the girls. No, you no, wanted no. to, you wanted to be with the girls once when you, you were got there. there yeah. Yes. But remember those dances were so like guys were on one side, girls were on the other. Like from, yeah, it was really bad. <laughs> and then at some point there would be like the dance floor of middle. Of yeah, middle like ground. when when Aerosmith ballad came on. <laughs> exactly. Like you, you like. <laughs> Like a you would you would try to find the girl that you were trying to dance with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then if it yeah it just was it was uh, that was the first night that was the first night I got to hang out with both of you at the same time. You two uh, just been great friends uh, for the underclassmen. So here we are. Here we are, twenty seven and twenty six respectively. It's been a wild friendship. Our journey goes back like obviously we're both from Enid. Yep, both from Enid, hometown. And I've known you since you're probably, what, five, six? See, so I believe you when you say that. I don't remember you at the daycare that much. At the CDC? At the CDC. That okay, was, you're right. I don't remember you at the CDC too much either. So let's go to Youth Center. 
We're talking about Vance Air Force Base. Now, yeah, guys. so the the Air Force Base at Enid had a uh, after school program for youth, so grade school up to middle school, correct? Yeah, yeah. And so during that time, I was there, and you you were there, um, and you were you were a real bully. Yeah. <laughs> I was a bully. Yeah, you were kind of rude, and you know, what I mean, if anyone's I, watching this, you can comment whether you think I was a bully growing up or I'm, not. I was actually like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you were, and I, I think I was kind of a, a, a shy, quiet kid. So you were the the shy, quiet kid next to like the uh, very outspoken uh, guy at the youth center. Always very rambunctious. Yeah, didn't always mix. But some, you know, somehow we, I don't think we were really necessarily friends then, but we knew of each other. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, we always played sports together. That's very true. You, I think we had the common friend of Morgan. Remember Morgan? Yeah. I'm pretty sure you were friends with Morgan and I was friends with Morgan, but like we weren't necessarily friends. Yeah. So, so there was a girl there named Morgan and she was like, at the time, she was better at basketball than I was, and so it was always cool yeah. to play basketball with someone who just loved who. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and we would always that was like that was the thing. It was like when basketball time was going on, you were in the gym, I was in the gym. Yeah, I think I stay, that's when I, a lot of the bullying really took place. Let's be honest. Yeah, exactly. Because I, I mean, because because I like to win. Well, you like to win didn't always mean you did. Um, <laughs> but. Yeah, so I do remember this, the the youth center, and then of course when once middle school started, that's really when the friendship really Definitely. strengthened. Definitely. And um, really starting in seventh eighth grade is when I would always consider you my best friend. Definitely, I agree. And uh, even though we were at different um, middle schools, uh, we all I just always was spending time at the Lima household. And and I was always spending time at Comanche yeah, Street. Yeah, so you were always at the, always hel- at at the Helm house. Yeah. And um, and my mom knew that when Eddie was over, uh, you were willing to try different types of foods. Always. And, and uh, you really got close with my parents. And you, uh, and so it was really cool to, to grow up with, with someone. With a second family almost. Yeah, as, as, yeah. Uh, with a second family. I never, I never got a sister. At, at, for a number of years, I kind of looked at Alicia as like as a big my sister. cool older sister. Um, Hopefully, she watches this. Yeah, I hope she does because she, she. I mean, and I know I, I, I always kind of got upset because you were so mean to Alicia, and I was like, well, dude, like I wish I had an older sister, and if I did, I wouldn't be mean to her. Now I'm sure that there's things that happened between you two I never saw. Maybe she, maybe you, she was mean to you as well. I'm not going to go on record to say that, but I just know that I, I just love the, the Lima household. Have Fair. some cool parents. I probably have taken, taken my sister for granted. I love you, Alicia, though. Yeah, I, I think that's that's probably the first time on the Boomtown podcast you've said that. That's, that's very true. sweet that's of you. That's true. That's true. See, that's what happens. That's what happens when, when you come to the, the riff, episode. to the riff episode. Exactly. Well, exactly. This is also just kind of a special episode for me because. When I think about being 27, Boomtown, like trying to start a real estate business, you uh-huh. know, entrepreneurship, I go back to our time as youth and I think about the newbies and like trying to make music and, yeah. you know, always coming up with different hustles. You've had a very long storied entrepreneurial career. 
Well, I'd love you. to just talk about it. Yeah. And um, and then maybe briefly touch about kind of where you're at right now in that journey as well. But let's just go through the story because, I mean, a lot of people probably do know this. Some of you probably don't. Uh, you've done many things. Yeah. So uh, I think in life it's really good to just try things. And um, by doing that, you learn new things. And so when I was really young, probably sixth grade, I start, maybe even earlier than that, I started um, the Comanche Trail Shoe Shiner. And so I would get on my bike and I had flyers made and I would ride around my neighborhood and I would shine shoes of men and women um, in the neighborhood. And then I would, I would either shine their shoes in their driveway or take them back to my house, shine them, and then and deliver them back. them back on the bike. And this was sixth grade? Uh, grade school, yeah. Grade school? Yeah. Why'd you do it? Was it like you wanted to I've always really enjoyed like... uh, making money. Okay. I've always enjoyed, um, it's a satisfying feeling when you get to help someone. Yeah. And uh, I think growing up just, uh, just, want, just wanting, just making, making cash kind of, being my own boss in a way mm -hmm. and like i said earlier just trying new things and it was something that not very many other 12 year olds were doing i want to say that i don't think any other 12 year old were was riding their their bike around the neighborhood picking up shoes and that was just something i was willing to do and it was a service that a lot of people would pay for and it was just completely self-generated idea you didn't get the idea from a magazine it wasn't like mom was like hey harrison you're gonna have to start making money on your own or like no it was just yeah, like, it, you're it was like just, i want to make money i'm gonna go out here i'm gonna go make money i'm gonna go shine shoes i just i just yeah i just enjoy making money okay. and um and so that was that was early on um raking a lot of leaves a, a bunch of a bunch of yards were raked a bunch of yard work uh, a friend of ours zeke sarver actually zeke and i had out, zeke. uh the yard boys <laughs> and we didn't mow because we didn't have You're the only young, reason probably. why we didn't mow is because we didn't have a vehicle to pull the mower on okay but we raked leaves and we we shoveled snow um, and any other odd jobs, and then all in that same edition, right? What edition is that? In? Indian Hills. Indian so that Hills, was right. that was the, right. the the neighborhood I grew up in. The shining shoes, the yard boys. Um, I really wanted. I never got it off the ground, but I wanted to pick. I wanted to do a business that cleaned people's trash cans. I feel like there is a market of people who would. You know, you could charge $20, $25 to wash out the Inside trash, the trash can. can. The problem was, and this was, I had this idea before I was 16, it's the logistics of, okay, what type of vehicle do I need to even hold the containers? And I, you, you would need a pressure washer. And so some of these things, I had the ideas. I unfortunately it wasn't, wasn't able, able to, to put them, put them to, to work. But there was others because, as, I mean... My well, die comes around in junior high. Yeah. Um, well, maybe even modern art before that, right? So, so my last name is Maud, and I'm, I'm uh, luckily with that name, you can play it off. So, um, I made. Uh, I had a. I had a family friend who at the time owned a massage parlor and a spa, and she let me make artwork, and she sold it in her in her lobby. And so, modern art was created, and that was just me. I had watched a video on Andy Warhol, and I thought, wow, okay, I can't draw, but I am creative, and I, I like making art. 
and I discovered, wow, art isn't just like drawing an animal or it, it can be more abstract. abstract. Exactly. Yeah. And so using my last name kind of as, as the, the premise of the name yeah. and using my creativity and my entrepreneurial spirit, um, modern art was, was born. And so then that's when I started. I had this, I, I didn't have a, I didn't have any place inside to splatter paint, so I went out in the backyard. And so any day it was windy, I couldn't paint, or too cold, and so or rainy. So I would I had this space of grass where um, I would go out and paint. And then um, at, at at a certain point, I was making orders, like specific orders for people. And then I would and then also just making paintings for um, to sell at my family friend's spa lobby for sure um so that was modern art and then that was like that was starting probably in in late grade school or middle school too hillary the timeline yeah and then hillary ham uh helped me with my dye yes so my dye was the tie dyeing business tie dyeing is not you 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 never know what you're going to get when you tie dye a shirt and i didn't really like that so i i just laid the t-shirt out on again in the grass and i just sprayed the shirt with the colors and the designs that i wanted yeah and so i had enid as a market but i didn't have oklahoma city and that's when hillary came in because you guys partnered she 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 let me uh i mean she she helped grow the business to oklahoma city so uh, my die was not just in enid zip codes i mean it was it was in probably there are people in Oklahoma City, I've never met who are wearing my dye shirts, who own my dye shirts, who who helped support my entrepreneurial <laughs> ideas. Exactly. So that's pretty cool. That was middle school. I had a job. Uh, I was a plumbing assistant for my uncle for a Yeah, season. there's a big. Uh, I'm going to interrupt here. There's a big like work ethic component of your well, life, and because even outside of the entrepreneurial pursuits, I mean, I know you've always worked difficult jobs, jobs that a lot of people would not do that involve physical labor. Well, when I was, when I was younger, I didn't, uh, I didn't have the skills to do a job in an office at 13 or 14, but I knew I could, I could go and carry the toolkit up into the attic and, and I, I could help the plumber or the, the heating and air guy with installing a unit. It doesn't, you don't need super technical school is just skills to be kind of the right hand man. And that was a summer job. And it went to, it went back to, I really, really enjoy. um, I like making money even probably more than that. I like saving money. And so I was able to make a chunk of money by uh, doing the heating and air and plumbing assistant for a summer. Well, I just want to interrupt real quick, and I want you to just list off, because I know, list off the various jobs you've held. Okay, that's fun. Go, so, just go from, you can do it chronologically, you can do it as they randomly pop so up. So I'll do them start from most it. recent to back. To You're going to work back, backwards? I, I okay. think so. so. Work backwards. I would say, uh, right now I'm a barista in between jobs, and that's kind of fun, because... I I like coffee. I've never, I, I never really thought I would be a barista. So one of my jobs right now is I'm a barista. Um, right before I graduated 
Well, no, I delivered rugs. Okay. So right after I graduated, um, I got a job um, delivering um, designer area rugs um, in Oklahoma City. And then I washed out car bays at car washes. So I would go three or four days a week, about 9 p.m., to four different locations around the metro, and I washed out all the bays. So that was that was definitely a dirty job. In college, I worked at a truck wash, a commercial truck wash, where we washed semi-tractor trailers in 12 minutes um, from the very front of the cab all the way to the back of the trailer. In 12 minutes? How many people were on that team? Uh, normally, there was between four and six of us who had a, each section. I could not imagine four people doing that in twelve minutes. Yeah, you know, it was it was it was a it was a oh. dirty job that was just a grind. It was during a semester where I really needed some extra cash. What was the biggest lesson from that job? Initially, at the time, I thought the biggest lesson was, "Wow, I need to stay in school because <laughs> this isn't something that I want to be doing for the rest of my life." No, that's a big. I lesson. mean, a job is a job, and I respect that. But I didn't want to wash trucks for the rest of my life. Yeah, the lesson that I learned from that that I keep with me on a daily basis, you know, several years later, is some just sometimes you're going to be doing something that isn't super fun and you just have to put your head down and grind. There's just certain times in one's life where you're going through something or something is, whether it's, it's, it's in between jobs or you're maybe you just got laid off, laid off with with COVID-19 happening or something's going on in your family that you maybe you just got kicked out of school. You just, you just got (laughs) expelled and, you have you cannot look at yourself and say, "Wow, I'm too I'm I, I don't deserve to be working at a truck wash. Yeah. I don't deserve to be doing this dirty job." Look at it as this is just a stepping stone, and just so the lesson that I've learned is the the biggest lesson I learned at Blue Beacon Truck Wash was sometimes you just got to put your head down and grind. It's just it's the value of actually having a job, you know, like you I have to I, appreciate that. Absolutely. And I think that so many, obviously these are very like crazy times we live in, but like when you're not working, it's so easy for that just to continue to spiral and get worse. Well, cause I've been there and I, 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 you, what, what tends to happen and I'll speak for myself here, but I'm sure you're very similar. I dwell on things. Yeah, and so then absolutely. you spend a lot of time in your head Feeling sorry and, for yourself. Well, sorry for yourself and angry. angry. And, then, and then you you can get uh, upset and sad and even depressed yeah, because say, you, then you, you go just... Down drug or alcohol. Or, or just or just you're not productive yeah. because being in your, in your head most likely isn't going to be super productive. For sure. And just to realize that that period in my life was just... Just, just the chapter in my of, book yeah, per se. Yeah. That okay, this isn't this isn't the perfect dream job, and Man. this is not necessarily what I thought I was going to be doing at 21 years old. And most of my friends in college weren't waking up at 6 a.m. on a Saturday, but it's it's just part of the process. For sure. I mean, I'm an NBA fan. Joel Embiid says, "Just trust the process." Yeah, I don't love the 76ers, but I love that message. Because 
there's just going to be things that come up that you don't love. And it, you, there's a couple ways you can handle it. You can just fall down and let it consume you, or you can just keep plugging along. Man, I like that, that message of trust the process. And I want to get back to that. But I, I, there's me and you, we've talked so much off camera. And I think that what's very interesting about having you on the podcast is I know how we can create so much value for people, especially at where we are in our lives. And I'm thinking about, you know, even with Connor, we were just talking about yeah. getting trades and how like trade school is, is you know, there's going to be a boom, booming demand for people to get trades. And as you think about, as we've talked about, you know, the process of education and, and the, you know, university process, if you will, versus like, you know, employment and getting a job. And I'm interested to hear you share your thoughts on what would you say to a young 18, 17 year old boy, maybe to yourself, as you think about all the jobs you've taken and, and the path that you took? Well, if I, so I, I struggle with this, but I, I really try not to live with regrets. If I could go back, um, I probably would have applied myself a little, applied myself a little bit better in school. I would have really looked at either the military right out of high school or um, going to a trade school. The cool thing about living in Oklahoma, you can go to uh, Francis Tuttle or a, or a technology school for free up to two years after high school graduation and getting those technical skills like you just mentioned. I would have at least looked at that. Um, and not, but really the biggest thing that I would, I would tell some, if a, if a 17 or 18 year old kid came through that door right now, I would just say, don't be afraid to try different things. And cause that's what I was able to do. I got, to, I get to say that I delivered very, very expensive designer rugs. And it's not the fact that I wanted I wanted to do that forever, but I gain I, I some of the experiences and some of the people I met during that process, I I I know more now than I did before sure. that job. And if you're looking at that job on paper, I put up I put rugs in the back of a sprinter van. I went to the house and I delivered the rug. It's not a it's not a it's not a super glamorous job. But I did it, and I and I tried it out, and I learned some things. And overall, when I got out of it, I, like I just said, I, I knew more than I did before. So I would I would say, don't be afraid to try new things. Know that you're not above any job, because definitely, it, it takes not. it takes all types of people on this planet, whether it's the janitor who who makes your office look clean. Or if it's the top executive who who runs the big company and has the big glamorous job, all work is honorable work. That's it. And uh, people used to tease me when I was late to pool parties because of my my plumbing job, or they saw me out on my bike and I had a pair of cowboy boots and a pair of you know loafers that I had just shined and. And, and you know they they were on their way to something maybe more fun. Yeah. But those experiences have really shaped and continue to shape who you are. Who today. I am right now. Absolutely, absolutely. No, I, I it's funny because I think about where I'm at right now with real estate, and you talk about 
things you've done in the past shaping who you are today. I mean, one of my earliest entrepreneurial memories is hand drawing comics and then going and selling them to my next door neighbors. And largely I'm doing, oh, and then let's talk about my political experience, which was door knocking in New Hampshire and Pennsylvania. For Hillary Clinton. Yeah, well, for Hillary Clinton and Democratic Party candidates across the board. Yeah. But um, going and like actually knocking on people's doors and introducing yourselves. Which is a skill not very very many people can do. No, it's very hard. It's I mean, very hard. Going because up to someone's house that you've never met. Extremely difficult. It's extremely difficult to And do. you can use that skill so many in so many it's different so many, jobs. I'm long-term building a, my law career on the same thing. Like when I meet people door-to-door, it's like long-term, I'm thinking about what, you know what I'm saying? The point is, is it's a skill. And it's a childhood skill, and it was doing those things and how they just continue to carry on. Yeah, you mentioned it's a childhood skill. Some people don't learn that as a child or sure. as a pre-teenager. Yeah. It looks like you were able to build that skill super early on. Yes. And so now you're just ahead of the average 27-year-old who's just started knocking on doors. For sure. Because you were doing that really early on. For sure. And not to try and seem like this master door knocker because I still get rejected 90% of the time I go to someone's door. The point is, is that just doing, just doing the work, you know, just doing the work. Yeah. You, there's something to carry on in everything you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I might get this quote messed up, but my great grandpa, who I n- sadly never got to meet, just a terrific man. He says, you got to, you, something about selling vacuums that you, you got to knock on it's, he, he either said you got to knock on nine, 100 doors to sell. I don't remember. Now I'm butchering the quote. But it, especially with sales, yes. it, it is just putting in the work. Yeah. And I find that putting in the work, if you really put your head down and grind and just do the work, regardless of what sector you're in, For sure. you are going to put yourself ahead of a lot, a lot of, of other people yeah, you're who right. are just not willing to, to do, do the work. Man, there's By the I, way, I buy my uh, vacuums on Amazon. So <laughs> I'm not going to probably say yes to someone who comes to my door. Nothing. But to to I would door. applaud them for coming to my front door to try to sell something. For sure. For sure. And um, Man, I think about there's so many different ways to take this. I think I want to take this to, let's talk about like being, not giving a fuck what people think. Because I think about the story you just told about, you know, riding your bike and seeing people going off and doing something maybe more fun or them judging you because you're working this shitty job or you're, you know, doing something that's perceived as maybe being less than what the heck they're about to go do. And One thing that I have always felt that you and I have like kindred in our spirit is an ability and willingness to put yourself out there. Correct me if I'm wrong. I feel that way about you and I I know that about myself. And so I say that just to say, as I think about how past experiences shape us, I mean, we, very few people know this, but but we started a a rap group whenever we Mm -hmm. were in junior high, the newbies. Yeah, the newbies, which was named after New Balances. Which we both had a pair of. So a pair of fresh new balances, yeah. That's where the name came from. Yeah. Right? There's a quote, uh, dogs bark 
at what they don't understand. So when someone sees me riding a bike with some shoes over my shoulder because I just shine them in a driveway and I'm delivering them back to where they need to be, mm -hmm. or at 15 and 16 we decide we're going to start a rap group and someone thinks that's a little cheesy. Yeah. They just don't understand that we just want to try something out. Just try something new. And it doesn't mean it's going to work. It doesn't mean that it's going to work. But you have to keep throwing things on the wall mm. to see which one's going to stick. And I love that. Yeah. And I feel like you love that too. Yeah, because you got time. You got time to try new things and just keep, just as long as you're progressing and you're not moving backwards. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with just trying different things. There really isn't. And how do you think about how do you think about being dealing with failure and like being willing to like just try the new thing when something doesn't work up and how do you think about dealing with people's negative comments or you know someone trying to make a joke at your expense or something like that? Well, I think I think words can hurt. Um, cuz you want to know what I think? I usually feel sorry for those people. Yeah. It took me a long time to get there. Yeah, and I think it's something that you just can constantly work on. Um, when I, right out of college, my first big boy job was at FedEx Ground. Mm -hmm. And I, I thought, well, it's a big corporation. I can work my way up. Um, and I soon realized it's not what I wanted to be doing. The schedule was really wonky. Um, it cut into my, I mean, it, it cut into, I mean, I was, I was working a, a really weird shift. I was not doing anything that really um, sparked my fire. And uh, I, I just remember nights and early, early, early mornings of unloading packages on these, in these trailers and feeling really, feeling really bad about myself because I, 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 I think I, at that point I really started thinking I'm reaching a dead end and really probably my, the lowest point in my life as I can remember because you, you were kind of trained to think, okay, you go to college, you go to high school, you go to college, you're going to get a good job and you're going to love it and you're just going to keep moving forward. Yeah. And that's not how it goes. Especially not now. The job market's changed so much from our parents' generation. So much. And, I mean, the bottom line is I was doing something I really didn't like. Yeah. I saw a lot of my friends doing things that they really loved. Yeah. I hardly got to see my friends because of my schedule. But when I did, they looked really happy. And I know I wasn't. And it was really discouraging because... I, I knew I had to keep moving forward. Denzel Washington says, fall down seven, get up eight. Yeah. I used to say that to myself in the back of those trailers because I just felt I was, I was so close to being at just at the end, just not one, I had no motivation to do it. Just, I was not, I was not getting anything out of this job that made, that I thought made my, my career, my life worth it. And what do you say to someone who's listening who finds himself in a similar position? Well, you, you have to find something that 
can motivate you to keep moving forward. Um, for me, at the time, it was Jashan, my girlfriend. It was my two dogs. Dogs are cool because you open the door and they're going to be happy to see <laughs> you regardless if you had a really bad day or not. Yeah. And Jashan was by far the best cheerleader that I've ever had. And so you just, you got to find something, you got to find someone who, who will keep you focused on what's important. Because looking back, um, I learned a lot at that job and I, I met some great people. It just wasn't a good fit for me. But I can look back and say, wow, if I can get through that period of my life, those yeah. 18 months sure. of real struggle and, and not sleeping enough and not enjoying what I'm doing, then I can get through a lot of things. But the key is you just got to keep moving forward. I mean, I, it always goes back to you just got to keep moving. And in, and uh, when you have someone like, uh, whether it's a significant other or a brother or two parents, and in my case, I had all, all of those. Yeah. I mean, my stepbrother was great. My parents were great. And the girlfriend that I lived with, the girlfriend that I do live with. <laughs> is and was great. Is and was great. I mean, and, What's and, up, Deshaun? And she, she just you know, help me through a time that was tough. So I would, I would just say, uh, you find, know, find know, know that that's just in the grand scheme of life. Yeah. It's just a little bit, a little piece of time for sure, which is really hard when you're in the midst of, of the time that truly sucks. Yeah. But then you can look back on it and say, okay, I, I can, I can, I can get through a lot of things. Well, I, I want to fast forward, and this is probably the last like job business topic because there's so many other things I want to talk about. But I do want you to take a moment to talk about modern mobile auto detailing and, and where you are. And I'll just go ahead and say, um, well, I'll let you talk, and then I'll enter and yeah, I'll so if I need to. Modern, I like I need modern to. car wash. And uh, my, my, my company that I have right now, my little business, I, I'm a mobile. I get to go around and wash people's cars in their driveways. And I thought of that a couple months ago. Um, and it, actually, you have the shirt on right now, right? Yeah, I have my, my name. Can you, can you show people the back? Because, I mean, you've already gotten people talking very good about these shirts. Yeah. Yeah, I have the logo on my shirt. Yeah, and so it, it's fun because... Um, and I'm just getting start started with getting building up my clientele, um, but it, it's just something that uh, I enjoy washing cars. It's kind of satisfying, um, and I get to help people. You know, people enjoy good. I mean, they like a clean car. Yeah. And so if I'm able to assist people with that, then I'm going to do it. In, in, in Harrison's clientele, this is not for everyone. It, it's typically people who have very nice cars. And it's very bespoke service, uh, very detail-oriented, very high quality. I've seen his work. Um, he's just getting started. And if you're someone who has, uh, you know, a vehicle that, and you don't want to take it to those machine washers, or you don't, you know, you want someone who's really going to treat your car like it's their car, you reach out to Harrison, and I'll have his business tagged or whatever um, below. But I just wanted to make sure that we brought that up because obviously, oh, well, thank you. That's what this podcast is a little bit about. And um, also what we're about is Oklahoma City. And that's why I'm excited to talk to you 
Man, about Oklahoma City. We've had so many discussions about Oklahoma City. And um Yeah, I'm proud to I'm proud to live in Oklahoma City. I I officially moved to Oklahoma City in, in um August of twenty thirteen when I went to University of Central Oklahoma. Technically that's Edmond. Yeah. But I, I've lived here in the area ever since and it's 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 a cool space. What know? year is that? Two thousand thirteen? Yeah. Is that what you already said? Did you already say the yep, year? Yeah, I okay. moved here. And, and <laughs> right after you ended high school. Yep, I, I, I ended high school and I came here August 2013. And yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a great city. And I, you've really got to see the Renaissance. Well, a little bit. I, well, you feel like it kind of started uh, before. It kind of started I like... I think so. I didn't, yeah. I didn't get the experience 2008, too much. 2009. Too much of the downtown growth. Yeah. But... Man, since even since 2013, there's been so much growth in downtown Oklahoma City. Scissortail Park, which the means scissor, scissor, our girlfriend. That's where I met Kennedy. I yeah, think. you're right. It was so. Um, Shout out, Ken. Scissor Scissortail Park is great. We've always liked the botanical gardens. That's been there. Yes. But I just think that and you they go keep there with your dogs very often. Yeah, we Russ take the, and we take the dogs, Dobby and Russell. Dobby and Russell. Sorry, Dobby. Um, I think it's. I think the NBA team, it's safe to say that they've brought a, a ton to this yeah, community. So much value. I wasn't around, I wasn't in Oklahoma City in 2008 when they came. Yeah. But I just, I mean, you can see it as a resident. You can just see what they bring to um, Oklahoma City. And it's really cool to see what they've done. Not just on the court. I mean, they've done really good things on the basketball court. But... The economic the, the revitalization. Well, yeah, and, and the organization does a really good job at reaching out to the community and doing really cool things. And this, is, this is going to be a plug to the last episode that will air before this, where I interviewed Gus Olson, another Enidite, and um, yeah, so he works. He works for the Thunder, Gus, and yes. I mean, I, you know him a little bit more than I do, but that's a cool story because. He started as, as, as a uh, storm chaser, which are the the um, the folks that run around the st- the, the arena During and they the get, game they, and they get just everyone high. amp everybody up, yep. which is a really cool job. Yep. But now he and I maybe don't know his exact title, but he is the I think I want to say the the mascot coordinator. Yeah, I believe so. That's right. He's right along with with um, Rumble. And you talk about a cool job, and, yeah. and he he has it's a, a full time gig, great personality, yeah, um, benefits that. everything. It's a full time. So that's really cool. Rumble's to gone, see, yeah, to see him do that. It is, but the team, yeah, the team overall just does so much. I feel so like much. I asked you this question because I feel like you you get out in the community and you're always doing a lot of different things. You're always trying out new things, whether it be the water park or, you know, we've gone to, what's that, Whitewater Bay together. That was like our, the first, that yeah. was the first time you met Kennedy, actually, wasn't it? Or was it the second time? Was it at Whitewater yeah, Bay? Yeah, it was the first time. That was the first time. Okay, But yeah. anyways, it, uh, you know, playing tennis or going in, in, in kayaking and being in Bricktown or eating out at, you know, cool restaurants, you know, what... What's the selling point? Why, why, why are millennials coming to Oklahoma City now? Well, I think it's pretty cheap to live here. Yeah. Um, there is a lot to offer. There's, a, there's, there's sports teams close. Uh, we have the professional basketball team here, the Thunder here. I know Norman and Stillwater are pretty close. People enjoy watching those teams. Um, I'm not, I don't know too much about 
Um, the restaurant game. Yeah, I, I wouldn't know too much about... I feel like it's more of a... I mean, I think people are coming to Oklahoma City because it, it, it's, it's, it, it's, it's a cheap place to live, right? And I do think, I think there's a lot of great businesses here. Um, Bo, I know Boeing is, is, a, is big in Oklahoma City. For sure. So there's a ton of fun things to do in here here in Oklahoma City. A lot of things you just kind of forget about. Yeah. Yeah, I just like, I mean, to me, Boomtown is about highlighting what I think is a, a renaissance that's happening within the city. And, um, man, I, I got the idea of the name f- from a book, obviously, by Sam something, um, Boomtown. But I say all that just to say, when I think about when I think about Oklahoma and growing up in Oklahoma, there's so much of my memories that's intertwined with you and your family, your mom and Jeff, and kind of lost my train of thought there, to be honest. Um, well, Anyways, we're going to just jump on to the next topic of conversation because I really did kind of forget where I was going with that other than to say. I think Oklahoma, I mean, we grew up in Enid. I think Oklahoma City would be the same. It's a great place to raise a family. I'm, re- I'm really happy that I was raised in Enid. Yeah. I think there's a lot of good things that came out of that. Absolutely. Whether it be the friends or just being able to five minutes away your house i i think it's good for families it is it is and the people that you meet are honestly just like some of the nicest people and uh yeah very much so good people good character i mean russell would just walk around oklahoma city we've talked about that before like probably very few places in the country where russell westbrook could just walk around and not be harassed yeah, I've known I've known people who used to see him at Target discussing different laundry detergent with his wife. Yeah. And just the down down to earth kind of vibe you get exactly. with Oklahoma City. Yeah. Kindness and genuineness and it's a good way to treat people. It is. It is. It's a good way to treat people. What's the next the next subject? Next topic. Yeah, the next topic. Um shoot, I don't know. What do you what do you what do you want to talk about? You're not a, you're not big into basketball these days, huh? You're not watching much NBA. I'm not, and I know we kind of talked about that with Connor. I I'm not. I've never actually really been too much of a big sports watcher in at, in general. Like I love playing sports and yeah. I love going to live sports, but in terms of watching them on TV, for me, I just would rather pick up a book. And that's just me personally, not to say anything is good about that or b- bad about that. Mm-hmm. But um, I think what's going on with the NBA is really, really dope. I like seeing the experiment of this, you know, sort of like we can duck off and create our own oasis of anti-COVID. Um, and Connor was saying earlier, you know, he thinks it's some of the like best basketball he's seen in a long time. Man, it's really crazy when you have a, a pandemic and suddenly like death in the the... Having a, even a season just kind of swept underneath from your legs, like 
and having this very intimate experience with like, well, am I going to die? Like, it seems like everyone's getting this disease and I'm helpless, right? Like human nature, I'm still like subject to the forces of human nature. And I could see how at anyone who's performing at a high level, how that just pushes you and like makes you want to like get to the court and like play the best damn game of basketball you've ever played. But uh, no, I haven't to answer your question, but what have you been thinking about the NBA? It's something I enjoy watching, um, and so I, I, I like I like the fact that they're they're getting to do that during during the pandemic. And I think um, whether you're super super into the NBA and the analytics behind basketball or just a casual fan, it's it's kind of a refreshing feeling to have something else to watch on TV other than news. A whole bunch of Netflix and news. Yeah. Maybe so the news I, is the worst. News Probably is, the worst thing anyone could watch. Yeah, I don't watch the news. I don't watch I've not watched a lick of news. No. It feels so good. Honestly to like not know what's going on in the world. Selective knowledge is a really great thing. Mhm. Yeah, the the news is not something that I partake in. Dude, let's talk about that's actually a good segue cuz we've talked about I mean even before, right? I have two phones here and we're talking about social media and we're talking about just like the bombardment of information and like trying to regulate like your interactions with the machine. Uh-huh. You- so actually it was a New Year's resolution. I forgot what year, but to take social media off of my phone. Mm-hmm. So, and I have I I haven't been perfect at it. But right now the only social media platform I have on my phone is Facebook and that's only because of my new business. So I have Facebook on my phone just to check to see if I've gotten any messages for potential clients. Yeah. But because I How use, good has that been for your mental health? It's been great. Uh may for for my mental health but also just for not productivity spending, yeah not just spending for sure. so much 100%. time on my phone productivity and i can always get better yeah always i mean i'm sitting here thinking well yeah i'm probably on my phone too much but we all just, are it's just a you have to start somewhere and it and so i'm very happy that i don't have all my social network uh, social network me what a, i don't even know what they're called yeah and uh, but i don't have them on my phone i think it's great i'll continue to do that and I, um, I, I think that it's 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 a good it's a good, good challenge. Practice. Yeah, it's a good challenge to put on yourself. Definitely. And then you will find so quickly that how addicted we are to those. For a while, I didn't even have text notifications show up. Oh, I did that for a while too. Took it and off. And that's that's been you nice. Call my shit. You couldn't text me. Nothing. Yeah, I mean, it it just was. It made it that much easier. When I was at FedEx Ground, um, I needed, I, I felt like I needed to have my phone on because um, sometimes the drivers would get a hold of me and mm-hmm. I needed to get back with them. Mm-hmm. But even that thought is crazy because one, it's it's just I shouldn't have thought like that, and I think that part of the reason is is you just are able to put this phone in your, take it anywhere. And so as time goes on, I really try to distance myself from it 
as much as possible. But it's funny because you can't get away from it, right? Because like, especially on a business level, you can't get away from it. If you want to run a business. I think it's really difficult. I'm sure that there's a way to to have a business without a phone, but yeah. it would be really difficult. It's, you know, I read once that Warren Buffett, he has a flip phone. He doesn't even have a computer. Yeah, and, and I've it's read that to too. And it's funny because Warren is also in his 80s yeah. And when he was 26 and 27, there were no such thing yeah. as phones yeah. or cell phones. And so he, I think once you get to the level of Warren Buffett, you probably like, don't, really I don't need, need this. a phone. Yeah, I don't need this. He, he, he's able to <laughs> he's do He's operating his, and doing something different. <laughs> he's able to do his job without a phone yeah. and is the best at what he does. Yeah, crazy to think about that. Not not, not at our age though. You can't uh, you won't not convince me someone in our age can do it. You won't convince me that. I could be without a phone. Not and build a business though. I I haven't used that much for I could I could carry around hey, You're right. I could be wrong. I could be I'm wrong. I'm going to I could do my car washing business without my phone. I think so. I, really what I need for my car I'd like washing to see you business. Do it. Is a good scrubber and some good soap and a hose, good industrial size hose. You know what's the problem with hoses these days, Eddie? I was at Home Depot. Tell us. This is this is this is why we got you on. This is this is what happens. You get a cheap hose and it kinks all the time. Okay. If I teach you anything today, buy quality water hose. Quality over quantity. Dude, I have a water hose in the garage. I'll show how you look at it and let me know if it was quality. I would have examined. It's probably What are you looking lousy. for? What are you looking for? With how can you well, tell? Well, when you go on, when you go into Home Depot or mm-hmm. Lowe's, I, I'm a Home Depot guy. And you, so you should not be buying a water hose at Walmart. I take it. Well, you can. I, I don't know what they're what, what. Um, What's going on with much, their quality? Uh, yeah, I, I'm not too fond of their stuff, uh, hose related. <laughs> but when you go to Home Depot and you feel on that hose, mm-hmm. you feel it feels it's supposed to feel. Well, I'm telling you, it, it's, there's an element of smoothness, but it's also it's also quite rigid. Okay. So it's because it's kink proof, bro. It's kink proof. It's kink proof. You're looking for smooth. And yet rigid. Because this is what happens yep. when you pull up to a residence mm-hmm. and you got two cars to wash in the driveway. Yeah. I don't want to have to go find where the kink is. It's losing time. Yeah. Time is money. My hose is kink proof. Kink proof hose. It's vital. So he also offers a hose analyst service. If you're looking to buy a new water hose, you can hire Harrison. $100 an hour. I'm just, I'm giving you good yeah rates, yeah good uh, shameless plug it's it's just it's important to you know in all jokes aside you really want to invest in yourself and I mean if if you can if you can afford a, a decent hose just talk about that investing in yourself what are like what are the the top three or five things that people are not spending enough for on themselves for well I'll I'll use myself as an example do it I think. It's very important to read a ton. Okay. I don't read enough. Okay. I think it's really important to be kind to others, especially during this time. Okay. I really try to be nice to folks. Yeah. 
whether it's a waitress or the person in the drive-through window or whomever. Absolutely. You can always do more though. Absolutely. So being kind to others and reading more, I would say um, learning something new, always challenging yourself to um, be that lifelong learner. Mm -hmm. I've graduated from high school. I've graduated from college. I don't want those to be the only years that I do any of my, the only learning that I've ever done. For sure. You can always learn more. Again, these are things that I want yeah. to continue yeah, yeah, yeah. to work no, on. No, this I think these are good. Um, and then I think the last thing, and especially during COVID nineteen, is just to check up on your friends. Hell yeah! You think about doing that, but you sometimes you don't. Relationships. Yeah, because re- relationships relationships take work. And whether you know whether it's a friend you you get to see pretty often, or if it's a friend that lives in another state, it's really important to check up on check up on them. I agree. Those are the things, um, and by doing those things, I really do think you are investing in yourself. I mean, I mean, if you're reading a good book, you're going to take some things from that. But then also, when you check up on a friend, most likely you're going to feel pretty good about that. Because you've made their day, because they probably have been thinking about you, and just when you call someone and, and say how you know how you're doing and checking up on them, that's a good feeling. Yeah, yeah. No, I I like those. So reading, lifelong learning, checking up on friends. Yeah, and just overall being kind to people. Being kind to people. Kind. Be kind to strangers. Be kind to strangers. I think that's probably the best way to go ahead and like wrap this episode up. If Unless there's anything else that you're thinking of. I don't think so. I I do have a joke. Okay, tell it, please. So what's the best thing about Switzerland? Swiss cheese. Yeah, I don't even know, but I hear the flag is a plus. (laughs) That is funny. (laughs) It is a plus. I got it. Because look up their flag. There you go. Makes sense. Well... Harrison, thank you for coming on. I um, we always end this with the rapid fire questions. All right, I'm just gonna shoot them at you. Who's your favorite Oklahoman? Favorite Oklahoman, past or present? Uh, f- born in Oklahoma. Mm, as long as we can identify them as being an Oklahoman. You know, they could have been born in Texas and then moved over when they were like one years old or Gosh, something. Gosh, like that's that. tough. Favorite Oklahoman. I'm going to say, um, uh, favorite Oklahoman off the top of my head right now is, is my grandma. Okay. That's a great answer. Shout out grandma. Favorite OU or OSU? Neither. I got to go UCO. Okay. Man, you threw me off with that answer. Um, Favorite restaurant in Oklahoma City? Favorite restaurant in Oklahoma City. Um, right now, it's either Tamashi Ramen. Hunter said another place. He's wrong. and uh, or, um, or Big Truck Taco. It's really a tie between those two. Big Truck Taco is smack. Yeah. I need to do a review of them. Um, and last question is favorite Thunder player, past or present? Favorite Thunder player, 
past or present? Uh, you know what? I'll go, um, uh, man, that's tough. I mean, I'm not saying who, I'm not, I don't say this guy's name much anymore. Uh, let's just go, I, I gotta go Russell. Russell? I, I think Russell. Past, and then I'm gonna break the rules, and then present is, uh, I, I like, I really enjoy, um, Shay, I oh. think he's or Darius. I like them. All. I like them all. I like all Thunder players. We have a talented group. I do know that. Yeah. I've been not even. Yeah, they're good. It's a good. It's a fun team to watch. Fun team to watch. Thank you for coming on the Riff episode. The what? The Riff episode. Yeah, you're very welcome. <laughs> and uh, hit me up for any hose questions. <laughs> See you guys. That was pretty good. It was. <laughs>